This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. I'm joined by a couple of troublemakers this evening in the form of the Arsenal Lounge lads. How are we doing? Shaheen, Lev, are we good? Are we well? Yeah, yeah, very good. Happy to be here again. It was yeah. about Lev was going through some difficulties setting the yeah. show up with his yeah. camera and everything. So yeah, we got there. Yeah, it was all me, Shaheen. Yeah, we got I'm, there. I'm I did. I I was the one that chose to have the camera set up in my bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, I love this comment on. already from the start from Terence. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Not Evan Shaheen. Not well, Shaheen on the you. show. Thank again. you. Terrence. People already you know. People already know. People love it. Absolutely yeah. love it in the chat box. Let's get some love for the boys in the chat box, people. Make sure if you haven't already to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new. Um, you know, this is kind of our first catch-up show with some guests after the season's finished. It's been a while. Um, it's, it feels like a lot longer than just a week since the season ended. But a lot has happened transfer-wise and contract-wise, and there's plenty to discuss. And we're going to kick off with the Eddie and Ketia topic, because I know oh. it's one that both of these boys have strong opinions about. I'm also going to oh, put a poll geez. into the chat box so you guys in the chat can get voting on that poll as well. Uh, Lev, we'll start with you. Eddie and Ketia, £100,000 per week. Thoughts? Absolutely. Just straight in there. No no foreplay at all, Tom. Just bang. Eddie and Ketia. There we go. Um, well... How do I feel about it? I mean, look, my my concern is this: if we've done it because we see him as a you know as a future prospect, and we're still going to get two other strikers in, I could live with it. Is he worth hundred k? Five years? Where did they get this from? Five years and a hundred k? I don't think he's worth that at all. Had we maybe had him in come in and he he got us the top four, maybe. You know, he, he he was the reason his goals took us to top four. I could have lived with that as well because we could argue we got the revenue coming in from Champions League. Cut him off a piece. He deserves it. But this is where I'm troubled. We rewarded Arteta after three back-to-back losses. It seems like we're rewarding 
failure in in a sense. Although maybe in their heads, fifth wasn't failure. We've established that. But what sort of message is it sending out that we're willing to pay a hundred grand a week for five years for somebody that I still don't believe is good enough? And if we're keeping him as our second striker and only bringing in one more striker, that's where I've got a real serious issue with it. Is that the same place as kind of where you're at, Shaheen? Is it a case of, you know, it depends Um, upon what else we do in the market or is it just a flat out, this is a silly decision? It's a silly decision. And I'll tell you why. No matter what happens, it's a silly decision. No, look, listen, Tom, you, you reward people based on a series of performances or a, a specific amount of time, okay? Eddie sure. Anketia has come in for, for I don't know, four, five, six games, and he's done okay, right? He scored a few goals. You you don't reward people based on four or five, six games. You need to look at Eddie Anketia for the past maybe season and a half or two seasons and see what has he done? What has he achieved? You know, how colourful his, his, his time been in Arsenal for the past two years. And plus, don't forget, he's coming into a team that is desperate for goals. So anybody would come in and score a few goals. Everybody now is going to be like, oh, look how well he's doing. You've got to remember games like Tottenham away, Newcastle away. Non-existent. Because Eddie Nketiah is not the type of striker that will mix it in for you. He, he, he would, he, he's a finisher in the box. Last man, boom, put it in. Um, we tend to be putting a lot of crosses in the box. Don't understand why. Eddie Nketiah is not the guy who's going to get at the end of that. If we sign Eddie Nketiah as a second striker, mm. it doesn't still doesn't make sense because if you sign in, for example, Jesus and you're bringing him as a first striker, he gets injured. You're going back to exactly where we are now again. Yeah. With a striker that is not going to perform, uh, he, he's, he has not been good enough. His time at Arsenal has not been good enough. And people who've got problem with Eddie Nketiah's, um, sorry, people who are saying Eddie Nketiah's contract is, is good. Oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. But these are the same people who criticize Arsenal for extending Granit Xhaka's contract. And mm. I'll go back to, to, to this argument that they they just disagreed because granite it was granite jacka we need to move on from this sort of players we need to get rid of the dead wood we need to get rid of the dross oh he's never been good enough oh he's not good enough now i'm not sounding you know granite jacka's on here and, and anything at all but he's done a lot more for the team or he's more important to the current team than Eddie Anketia. so how are you saying we, should, we need to get rid of granite jacka he's not good enough he's never been you know his time as Arsenal has been disaster this that the other but you're, you're somehow supporting Eddie Nketiah's 100 grand a week contract. We all agree, too much money, lengthy amount of time, and we need to move away from this sort of players. Eddie Nketiah is not somebody that I have any confidence that if the first striker gets injured, he's going to come in and he's going to rip it up. We can rely on, or if Jesus is, you know, he's playing and, you know, it's 50th, 60th minute, we need to change a different approach. You bring Nketiah on. No, it doesn't. So, for me, and again, remember this, my biggest issue actually with this is Arsenal Football Club had to actually convince Eddie Nketiah to stay, offer him a lot of money to convince him to stay. Arsenal Football Club. His time has not been good enough overall Arsenal. He doesn't want to be here. If he wanted to be here, he should have signed the contract a long time ago. Let's move on. You know, nobody can complain from the financial side of things because we're notoriously good at writing off people's contract. If you're writing <laughs> off Mesut Ozil, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Socrates, Mustafi, 
I don't know, the list goes on, and all these high-value mm. players, and they walk away for free. No complaints with Eddie Aketia going in for, for free either. Fair enough. It's an interesting point you picked up on there about you know rewarding contracts being used to reward um, performances. Is there level an argument on the counter side of things to say, you know, we gave Abamyang a contract for what he did for the club, and actually across the years that we had him after he signed that deal, things went downward. So, is the argument not that you should renew someone's contract for what they might bring you in the years to come, rather than rewarding them for what they've already done? That's a, that's a good that's a good argument. But then at the same time, I'd rather be on the mindset that you reward based on performance. This is a performance-related business. How you how you end up at the end of the season, what you bring in as a team, how you yourself individually perform, it's a performance-based business. Now, there's nothing in Eddie and Ketia that I could say we'd look at and say, oh my, oh my days, we've got to give him five years, make sure he goes nowhere and 100k a week. With Aubameyang, he'd finished top scorer, he'd won us a trophy. You know, at, at some points, he was holding the club up. So, who you couldn't... You no know, one had a crystal ball and would have known how the Aubameyang situation was going to pan out. But at least there was some logic behind it in the sense of he's our talisman player, world, world-renowned striker, you know, on his day when, he, when he's on form, he's a world, world-class striker. Eddie and Ketia is a totally different kettle of fish. And five years, I've not seen anything right now that says to me, you know, he's that good that we need to keep him for five years. I mean, what if he's poor next season? We're going to write off another four years worth of, of contract. And what I'd like to ask you, Tom, is have you heard whether or not, um, you know, what the thought process behind this is in the sense of, is he a third striker we're still going to bring two in? Or is he our actual second striker with one more to come in? We honestly don't know is, is the honest answer right now. You know, we don't know whether or what we're going to do in the market. Um, what we do know is that Mikel Arteta was, you know, absolutely desperate to keep him. Um, he's been continuously well, talking why? about Tom, I don't understand why. He must be I seeing think... something, Shaheen. Yeah, well, like, what is he seeing that we, I, I, I've missed in the past well, six games? That he's how, how many goals did he score? I'm not, being, last I'm not, being I'm not criticizing, no. by the way. I'm just trying to find out what is it that I'm missing. If I throw out some, um, let me share this screen with you just a second to give you some more context about it. Because I know people in the chat box are asking to see uh, kind of some of the evidence behind why they've given the new deal. So this is his FB ref um, profile. It gives you kind of an overlook on how he compares against all strikers um, in the top five leagues. So if we have a look at, and this is the last, I think, last 365 days. Yeah. So it's not like the last eight starts. This is how he compares across the last year. Um, yeah. In terms of non-penalty goals, he ranks in the 87th percentile of players and non-penalty goals expect non-penalty expected goals, 87th percentile. Um, in terms of XA, X9, uh, sorry, XA and non-penalty XA is expected assists for those that don't know. It's kind of the expected in terms of creation and what he's given to the other players in the team as well. Pressures, you know, he ranks in the eight. We know how much Arteta wants from players in terms of the forward line, 87th percentile, 91st percentile in terms of tackles, 85 in terms of inter exceptions like all that green you know it's hard to find strikers that give you that level on a consistent basis Tom, the, the argument is, is, is that he's not done it on a consistent basis enough yeah. yet and we've only Tom, got this small sample this is year. based on this is based on how many games because this is based I, on 365 days the last 365 days of data it's the last year this is what but it's he has on. not played what i'm struggling to understand out of this is 
he, he hasn't played. So for the rest of these, for, let's say he's played for, what I don't know, a month and a half, two months. That's what, yeah. 60 days. So where did the other 300 days come from? They, they watched him in it training says, or something. It says the competition over the last eight, 365 days based on 835 minutes of football. So well, he hasn't. Correct. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I can't recall him playing 800 minutes of football in the past. I'm pretty year. sure he's he's definitely played 835 minutes in the Premier League this season. I'll have I'd have no doubt. This season, him. Tom. Yeah, this season, 835 minutes. He started the last eight. It last nine games. So you know, and he didn't get taken off until really late. And then he came on as a sub throughout the season. So that I, 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 I just would easily add up to day hundred and thirty. Yeah, I mean, I I'll this... double check it if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll take your word for it. But for me, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm going based on, um, my view is not based on these graphs in front of me. It's based on what I see, what mm. I've seen of Eddie Anketia for the past. Um, I don't know since he came on against Norwich and scored that goal, if you like, mm. right? Well, um, yeah. Since that onwards, and I'm just every time he's come on, I've seen him, I've watched him. There are some good things about it. He's not a disaster of a player, you know. He's not like Yaya Sanogo or anything like that. He's got something mm. about him. But one thing you said earlier, which is true, inconsistent, quite a lot. Plus, um, if we sign in Gabriel Jesus, right? Yeah. Eddie Nketiah is not as good as him. One, two, he's not going to give us an alternative to Jesus. And what, what by alternative, I mean like a Giroud type of striker where, you know, it's something right. different. Do Manchester City have a Giroud type of striker? No, but they're getting do, one. Do Liverpool have a Giroud type of striker? Firmino. Firmino's not a Giroud, is he? Yeah, but he, he, he's, he's good in the air. He will get a header in for you. What you mean is he? He's he's like a false nine, and he plays that sort of. Yeah, he's got. He's a vocal point. He's a target. The the point I'm making is, I don't. Whilst I agree with you that it'd be nice to have someone who brings you something different, and that's why you know I'd like to see. Uh, you know, I, I, I would have liked to have seen a Patrick Schickstein come in because he's someone who's you know six foot two, six foot three, gives you that height and difference. But you're looking at teams that have had success over the last five years, and their two main kind of forwards are very physically similar. You know, Firmino and Jota, yeah, uh, Aguero I, and Jesus. I, see, I, you know. I hear where you're coming from, right? But my counter-argument to that would be, you're talking about a Liverpool and Man City who got a lot more about them, that they don't need that vocal point. We don't have that type of players. Mm, we don't mm. have a three forwards. Like, we don't have Mane, well, top Salah. scorer was Saka this season, to be fair. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you don't have but, a De Bruyne or an Olympia. three of those. You know, yeah. Man City got three of those. Liverpool got mm. three of those. We're struggling with one, right? And they've got fullbacks that are world-class that will go up, down, up, down. Midfielders that are really good, yeah. right? We don't have any of those things. Well, that's what we need to add. So I think that we're going to, and we're going to obviously get onto that in terms yeah, of the transfer yeah. and, stuff. And, but and hopefully just, we'd add, just, say, you know, a striker and a yeah, wide forward to partner thing, Tom, Saka. You know, if, if let's say I'm, I'm using Jesus here for argument's mm. sake, you know, I'm not saying if, if we do sign Jesus, right? And it's not happening. We need to change it up, right? We need to bring somebody else on. Then your next option is Eddie Nketiah. And and that does not... If I see Eddie getting ready, coming on, I'll be thinking, I'd rather keep Jesus on for longer. I, well, why? Because, I mean, he's said I'm in not the interview... Seen that anything of him that, that five goals in his last eight starts. 
Same as Harry Kane, by the way, and two of his goals. Yeah, whoa, 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 I'm just saying. No, no you say no, whoa. Yeah, you, no, no, no. Let's, no, let's be no, no, sensible about this. No, let's be sensible yeah, about this. Yeah, it's be, a fact. No, it's okay, a fact. I agree. I, I acknowledge that. But as I said, you need to look at the guy a, a longer picture, not just four or five games. He could have come in four or five years in his mind thinking, right, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there. I'm going to rip it up because then there's going to be a lot of other clubs who want to take me on. I'm a free contract. The signing on fee will be huge. I'm, I can get a decent salary. How many times we've got players on high contracts, we've signed them up, we've extended them, we've given them what they want, they started flopping after that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, I, uh, no, Navarro in the chat asking the question, what, yeah, very quickly, Lev, um, mm. saying why suddenly defending it. It's not about defending. It's purely about providing the alternative argument in this case, because I know that Lev and Shaheen are very much against this. For me, you know, it's massively dependent upon what we do in the window. I will be very critical of this decision if we don't go out and sign two forwards, in my view. If we don't go and do that, and we've right. banked on Nketiah, you know, I think that's a huge mistake. So, so Tom, in your, in your view, he's good enough to be a third striker. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. That, I agree yeah. with that. That I'll take, no problem. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the reason why I say like five five goals is in his last eight starts because he did that interview with the Beautiful Game podcast in which he said he gets chucked on for like the last five eight minutes of games and is expected to come on and do something. He's never been given a solid run of games, and then when he was given that solid run of games, you know, he performed. You know, he kept Lacazette out of the team, which I know people might say is not difficult, yeah. but he kept a thirty year old Premier League striker out of the team. He scored five goals in eight starts. Two of them, obviously, against Chelsea. Two of them against Leeds. The other one was against um, on the last day of the season against Everton. You know, and he's and he created that energy. He added something different to the team yeah. that we've needed. And if he is allowed to do that, say we sign someone in January, you know, this year, and they got injured, right? And they got injured until the end of the season, and they are only available for the last eight games. They came in in those last eight games and scored five goals. We'd be raving about that new signing, saying, I can't wait to see them next season. Can't wait to see what they do next well, season. I, I agree with goals. you. No, it's, it's a valid point, Tom. I agree with you. And he, he has come in. He has done well. My point is... We shouldn't concentrate on, on this last six game. We should look at mm. his career as a whole. Also, if we have in our third striker, which I agree he's good enough to be a third striker, if we have in our third striker on £100,000 a week, mm. what message I, is... I think he'll be third. I, I don't think... It... What I think will happen is I think we'll sign one other striker and I think we'll sign one wide forward that can play centrally as well. That's what yeah, I think we'll it, do. You know, it, For example, if, if we flirting with the idea of bringing Serge Gnabry in, right? And he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to look at the idea. You're not a Champions League team. All right, you know, maybe, you know, you compensate that by offering more salary. The, the first, the first argument, if I was his agent, I'll be like, Eddie Nketiah is £100,000 a week. Right? Do you think, how, mm. you, you know, how much, how better Serge Gnabry is compared to him? So start to, Starting point will be, I don't know, 150, 160,000 a week for Serge Gnabry. No, oh, I think it's going to be more than that. I think you're looking at 200k, I think. For Gnabry. Well, yeah, that's I, it, it's the interesting thing is obviously but wages in general are poorly reported on anyway. We don't know the, the details, we don't know how much of that is bonuses. We it could be like you know, it could be 50k a week, and then you've got 50k's worth of maximum bonuses that could be paid. So we don't know if if it what how it breaks down. It's I very, very highly doubt it's 100k a week guaranteed. It's going to rely upon appearances, minutes you know, uh, assists, bonuses, goal bonuses, just stuff like that. It's going to, re- and there's usually incentive bonuses. Like you'll, all the contracts now are incentivized. They've, since they've got yeah. Richard Garlick in, there's been like a big push to make sure that all the new contracts are massively incentivized to try and maximize performance. So I imagine that it is, and it does break down significantly more than that. But yeah. 
Um, let's get some reaction from the chat. But Lev, did you, oh, you did want to ask a question before. It's all right, actually. Right. She needs to talk about me, every time we do a show. It's Go on, what did I say? I'm not saying anything at all. I'm just giving my what? opinion. You know what? It's actually quite nice. I can't hey, you're doing it again. in the you, chat. Can, you, can, you, can, can I say something? Is that all right? Is that all right? No, listen. Very quickly, the way I feel about Eva. it is this. At the end of the day, I'd like to think that they're seeing something in training that we're not seeing to offer him mm. that kind of money and for that long. Do I trust them in their judgment? No, I don't. Do I think they're going to pay 100 grand a week for someone as a third-choice striker? No, they aren't. So for me, I know my club. It's not going to surprise me at all if he's going to be our second striker and we're going to go and get one other. And if that is the case, mm. again, for me, it shows a real lack of ambition because we've already paid the price once in January. Going with just one striker and then having that situation that that one quality striker gets injured and we fall back on Nketiah again, it's not going to be good enough for me. Let's dip into the chat. I did put a poll in the chat box, which was, uh, should Arsenal renew Eddie Nketiah's contract if it costs us £100,000 per week? Obviously, depending upon how much of that is real. Uh, 45% of you have said yes. 55% of you have said no. So it's pretty split um, in terms that's, of the that's, chat That's box. closer than I thought. Mm, yeah, it's interesting <laughs> seeing how split people are about it. Um, uh, Tebow says, we have got rid of £1 million a week worth of wages over the last two years. 100k a week is not bad. And what about um, Kola? I think that's, yeah, I meant to be Kolasinac, actually. Yeah, I was on rather than Eddie. Yeah, I agree with this. If I if we had to choose between Eddie and Kolasinac, who would I rather have on that money? I don't. I think it's... What, a left back? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Kolasinac was, was a free signing. That's why he was on 100k. Yeah, uh, Oh, man, thank you so much for the donation. Follows up. This is a classic. Who's who's the Arsenal lounger uh, that, that uh, donates without? I, I, the, know, uh, I only I only recognise it when I see, when I see his name pop yeah, up. But you've got your own uh, one. Yeah, Ahmad's followed up his super chat. Thanks for that. Love with that. a comment that says, "Chill, it's not a disaster if we gave Eddie a contract, buy two more strikers and a Gnabry. If not, not, we can call it a disaster. I don't think we're signing two strikers on top of Eddie no. and a wide forward. I think it will be two forwards we sign this window. Um, I don't want to most think that, replace man. Pepe. I think Pepe will go and we'll replace him. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah I think Pepe will we're go. We're getting one forward and one winger. That's yeah. what's happening. Mm. I yeah, so. I expect that to be what we'll do. Liam says, Eddie has never really had a fair crack, so, let, uh, so here is, let's see what he does and not judge before he's had a chance. Uh, Nadine says, lol, he was 21 years old before this season. Where were Kane Salah playing when they were 21? I'm not saying he's the same calibre, but you can't write off someone at the age of 20. Oh, how old's Mbappe? How old's Haaland? Oh, that's different. They're, they're, they're the very, very different players though aren't well, they? Well so is know? Harry Kane comparing Harry Kane to well, well at 20 I think it took until he was what early to mid 20s before he broke into the the, the starting 11 of that team but I yeah, just you, think it's fair to the comment. Go on Shane. No I was just going to look at Martinelli. Look at Saka. To be uh, fair, Martinelli Martin scored far less goals than Eddie Nketiah in this yeah, second half of the I season. He, he, yeah but his, his position is different. If you put, put Martinelli up front maybe he'll get more than him. I'm just this, this whole my, my argument is you can't you know in, in one hand you can't turn around and say well if they're good enough it doesn't matter how old they are they'll play and then on the other hand you say oh because they're too young you can't say negative things or not even negative things you can't criticize because they're too young can't say nothing so only positive things and this it, it doesn't work like that you mm. know you're playing for Arsenal football club there's a lot of pressure a lot of expectancy there's it's a lot just... of people assuming, sorry to butt in, there's no, a lot of people on, assuming fine. we're going to get Jesus 
uh, uh, Jesus. I think we're more likely to pray to Jesus because at the end of the day, I, I can't see it happening. I, what, if you were Jesus, would you want to leave a Champions League team to come? I think to if us? you were guaranteed starts, then you might. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah if you play next to Eddie and Ketio, you're guaranteed a start. Mm. Yeah, I think Tom is right. That's the only thing, and a good salary that will probably convince him to come. And I'll tell you something. I, I, I was reading reports, true or, or, or not, I don't know, that Tottenham apparently are starting to look into this as well. And you know what? Whether we like it or not, they've got more offer, more to offer than us right now. Champions yeah, yeah. League Play with Song, Harry Kane. It's just, look, it's interesting. Like, and Ketia, what he's done at Arsenal when he's been given that chance. Like, we, we think we're talking about Serge Gnabry, obviously we'll come on to in a second. But like, we we bemoan the decision to allow him to go, you know. And Ketty has got five and eight in his last, you know, his last eight starts. Had he have gone to say a Palace, had he have gone abroad, and you know, put that five and eight across a whole season, would we be talking about him like we talk about Gnabry? You know, Tom, but we, said, we sent yeah, Gnabry away to uh, mm. to Bayern Munich. He went to Bayern Munich, and he he was a massive hit there. Mm. We sent we sent Eddie and Ketty to Leeds. And he hardly kicked the ball there. Oh, Gnabry went he, to West he, Brom and hardly kicked the ball as well. Yeah, yeah I get that. I, I do. I do agree with that. I'm not saying that he's. You know, give the lad a chance. If you've got him in training, you can see something we we can't. Give the mm. lad a chance. But for me, put him as a third and get two proper strikers in where you know he could learn from them. Play him in the Carling Cups. Play him in the. Small you see tournament. the problem, Lev. You see the problem with what you just said is if you then. I, I agree, actually, with what you're saying, right? But if you try to see this from Eddie and Ketia's point of view, right, he probably is going to be thinking to himself, do I want to stay at Arsenal and be the third-choice striker and not guaranteed games? And he probably thinks very highly of himself, that he doesn't, maybe he doesn't need to learn Five about years, somebody Shane. else. Right? No, no, hold on. I, I said I agree with what you're saying, right? And then, on the other hand, he's, he's thinking, right, I've got Palace, West Ham, this, that... You know, some German team coming in for me. They're offering me regular first-team football. Who would you choose? From Eddie and Ketia's point of view. Forget everybody else. Well, you, I, you just, I just, listen, I, I just don't see us progressing with him as our second-choice striker. No, That's my problem. Either. I don't either. Mm. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I think there's two sides to it. One, you know, we'll see what happens with the signings that we make. And two, when actually the season starts and if he gets minutes and, and what's going to happen with him. It could prove to be a genius move and we, you know, we hold our hands up. Um, yeah. Or it might prove to be one that we look back on and maybe it was part of a sword that, that Arteta ends up falling on. We'll have to wait. Yeah, and but see. it's not really a great start to the transfer window, though, I must admit. El Nenio, <laughs> I'm going to go on the, the, the one previous as well, January. So, I mean... I've, mm. I've, I've yet to be impressed since then. I mean, the well, let's let's talk about our expectations for the transfer window. Lev, what mm. is your what is your desire? What's your what you want to see, and then what is your expectation of what you think we will see? I've grown to really hate transfer windows because they start with so much promise and hype, and they build it all up, and all the top names are there, and we get you know sucked into it, and we watch week after week, and we we think it's, all these names are going to come and end up getting mid to average. Now, what I want to see is I want to see ambition that was lacking in January. They turned around and said to us they got a particular type of player that they want in these teams and they want to make sure that they don't make the mistakes from previous and make the wrong type of signings and have a lot of dross like we had left over. All right, fine. 
Well, this is your chance, Arsenal. It's the summer transfer window. We definitely need top quality strikers. We definitely need someone to replace the likes of Pepe out on the wing. We're talking about Napri. Okay, that's a good type of player. Midfield, we need covering midfield. And, you know, I, I think we need some fullback uh, cover as well. I, I think Cedric needs to go. And we're not sure about um, Tavares either at the moment. Saliba, I need. I want him back. So I, I want to see ambition this window. I want to see us go out because those other teams that we've just we had a chance this this season to to really grab that top four position before these teams go ahead and start you know strengthening mm. the ones that have been weaker around us. And this season is going to be even tougher. Newcastle is going to be pipping players that we're going for. Spurs are going to be doing it. Everyone's going to be doing it. So I want to see ambition and I want to see a plan. I want to, I want them to go in, say, these are the players we want and get them nice and early and not leave it to the last minute. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I want to see, I don't want to see us, you know, on the first game of the season, whether it's against and still needing business to be done. I, I get yeah. that, you know, some of the targets may take, uh, you know, a month before that becomes available. But, you know, we need to be looking to try and integrate this team in, in before we play the preseason games, you know, give them those preseason because we can't be in a situation like we were last year where we signed Ramsdale, Odegaard and Tommy Asu like in the last two weeks of the window. You know, we want to sign players that are, going to be starting week in, week out from the off. Shaheen, same to you. What is your desired window and your expectations for it? Um, I, I'm with Lev on this one. I think we need left back, right back. Um, I think there is potentially going to be an issue with a backup keeper because Leno, I don't think he's going to be staying another season at Arsenal, warming the bench. Um, two forwards, central midfield, and maybe a wide player. This is what I desire for, for us to go get. But knowing Arsenal, there's no chance we're going to go do all of that. Um, I really want us to go for Basuma. Yes. Mm. Thank I you. really want us to do that because I think from what I've seen of him, he's, I'm still very surprised that nobody else has gone for him. And and I think people will will, will start to, to, to look at that. Because the guy... It's the court the case. Guy, the yeah, guy, the listen, situation. Yeah. Consistency yeah, with him is great. Keeps putting good performances in. So I, I think we should try to get that. Um, Tom said something on last Monday show with that, that stayed in my mind. And, you know, I, I have to give him a lot of credit because I, this is a very, very good shout. And that's <laughs> Kodivali. I would try to convince him to come because, yes, he's a bit aged, but you're talking about a top, 30. top, yeah, 30. But I'll tell For you For a centre-back, I think that's a good... I mean, that's five years behind Thiago Silva and look, look what he's yeah, done. Look yeah, look how well exactly. he's done. Exactly, yeah. right? he's been 30 brilliant. years old, bags of experience, perfect for Saliba to learn something of him, a perfect guy to marshal that defence, a commanding presence, um, an organiser. So those two... Are really are really good. Then obviously the rest is is quite obvious with with centre forward position. I think if we sign in Jesus, then we need to sign a different type of player who would offer us something different. So for example, if you go into I don't know, man, a Burnley away type of thing. I know Burnley has gone down, right? But at that mm. that type of team, right? And then. 60th minute is not really working out and you're saying, you know what, listen, let's get the crosses in, put somebody in there to get at the end of the crosses, then you've got somebody to bring off of the bench. Um, yeah, Gnabry is going to be nice signing, but I, I'm not sure if 
is exactly what we need. I, I think the most important thing for, for Arsenal this summer is is to maximise on the sale of the players. And that's not something we're particularly good at. Uh, you know, if you want to sell Nicolas Pepe, maximise on, uh, on the How money. How much do you think you can get for him? Listen, man, for 25 million, 30 million, all day long, I'll take it. I don't know who's going to pay that. I don't know who's going to pay 30 million for Pepe. Yeah, really well, don't. as I said, 25, 30. There's some, potentially some money that can be earned there. Bellerin, that's another one that you could get maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 million pounds for. Um, Bern Leno, you know, maybe you get, I don't know, we, we paid how much? 20 million pounds for Leno, didn't we? Just over 20 million, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, 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 I think at best, maybe 15, 16. He's only got a year left on his deal. And so exactly. is Bellerin. And the problem with this is that, like, you know, we're expecting this figure, but Bellerin's gone out in the public and said, I want to go back to Betis. Betis yeah. are in a financial situation whereby they've got to make 25 million euros by the, I think, by the start of June, something like that, something ridiculous like that, or start of the end of June or something. Um, so that tanks his price. You know, absolutely tanks his price for, for yeah. us. It ruins our negotiating position. But Leno, you know, we've already signed a backup goalkeeper in Matt Turner. He's got a year left on his. I reckon we'll be lucky to get 10 million for, Len- for Leno from someone. Yeah, well, these, these are the things, you know, that I'm saying that we're not particularly good at either. Do you know what I mean? So a difficult situation that we're not good at is all, is now being made worse. Mm. But you know How the do last you sell a player thing. I, no one wants. That's always the yeah, question. Yeah, and the last thing I would say. You know, maybe they've got to make a decision on Grand Jacker. If if somebody comes in for him again, you know, are they going to sell? They're not. I don't know that. But whatever it is, whatever it is they want to do, I echo what you guys said earlier. Get it done early. You know, you've given the manager contract now. That's done. The boat has sold, you know, there's not much we can do about that. So if, if you've done that, then at least get the players early so they're going to have a decent preseason. And we've never been good at this. We always leave it to last day. So the first two or three games of the Premier League, we're always short. Always. Always short. That this season we started, oh, this guy's not in, that guy's not in, this, that. Always short. For once, go out, look at Aston Villa. Go out there, get it done early. So you know where you stand. When you speak it to other players, they, they can see what you've done already. Bring them in. They're going to have a pre-season. Make them match fit. So comes first day of the season, you're there. You're ready. Your team is there. They have pre-season. They've had time to gel. They've had time to understand what the guy wants to do. You know? And then and go from there. Don't leave it to last minute for, for, because you want to save money. Because this, this, this idea of Arsenal and saving money on transfer is just rubbish. It's bullshit. I'm sorry to say that. But when a club is happy to write off, you know, contracts, expensive players, ah, oh, you're not getting on. Just, yeah, we're going to write off your contract, go. Then they, they're not in a position to talk about saving money and making sure it's a good deal. So that's done. If you're happy to write off players like that, then go out, spend money, you're in Europa League. Make sure you put something on the table for the player that likes financially. Get it done early. They come in. That's it. Yeah, look, I, I, people ask in the chat was kind of why it takes so long to get a deal done. Um, you know, Arsenal have signed goalkeeper. It looks like we're probably going to end up signing a, a winger very, very soon in this Marquinhos guy. I understand in some senses why some deals take longer than others because you want one target. It turns out you can't get them. You know, we, we had that with the Vlaovic situation in January. 
It's about when you decide to cut the cord and go for your plan Bs, Cs, Ds. And I think Arsenal's timing of knowing when to go for the alternatives is, is that's where we failed. You know, is we've not gone for the alternative option when it's proven too difficult to get the primary option. That's because, you know, the club are very married to their targets. I mean, they wanted Martin Odegaard for the whole of last summer. It took to right at the end to get him because it wasn't Ancelotti wasn't sure if he was going to use him. So, you know, we were iffing and erring about James Madison, but the price was too high. And eventually we managed to get Odegaard towards the end because because he's, you know, Ancelotti made a decision. But Tom, there's also one thing that we need to acknowledge as well, that transfer dealings is not our one of our strengths. You know, we we have never gone to a player and say, right, listen, we want you, we need this player, we want this player, what's the damage? How much it is, this is the, bring them in. Thomas Party release clause, trick it. There is no negotiation in the release clause. You just have to negotiate with a player, a contract comes in. Bringing Martinelli or Marquinhos from Brazilian leagues over to Premier League is not, uh, you know, hard work. It's not something, wow, you know, you, you, you've done it a might be hard there. work if this legal issue goes. Any... <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is we have not been ruthless with transfer, with dealings, whether it's selling or buying. Hmm. Going out the same, for example, Tillemans. Right, I'm just using him as an argument, sake. Right, mm. Arteta wants Tillemans, for for example. Go out there, right, Leicester. How much you want for Tillemans? X amount. You know they're going to ask for a lot of money. Pay it, get the guy. I think I think we have been ruthless in certain circumstances. Parte, like you know, we went and activated his release clause. You know, we beat off Manchester United and Napoli for Gabriel. You know, we went to Sheffield United and forced them to sell Ramsdale. You know, we we have been bullish. I don't know about we. Ha- what do you mean? I don't know, man. Like Thomas Party is a release course. You, it's, there's nothing mm. ruthless about that. You go there, you pay the money, you, you come and get it. All the other players, Ramsdale, at the time we were in for him, I, I, I was not hearing that, oh, there's two other clubs in for him. It was just us. Tomiyasu mm. was just us. Um, I'm not criticizing the signing, by the way. Don't get me wrong, right? But we have not been shrewd or we have not gone in and say, right, there's a top player there. Uh, for, you know, I don't know who I can use, for example. Um, I don't know, Jesus. But you just, uh, you, I, I struggle with that because you, you, you said there, who else is in for him? And you said ten minutes ago, I don't know why no one's in for Eve Basuma. You know, I, yeah, I, I see conflictions though. there. Why is no, it? No, just, but can I, I, I say, I think we're going to have a much tougher window. This is going to be interesting for me because they have made some good signings. You can't deny that, Shaheen. They've made some good signings. The who last, the last, the last batch of no, signings I, I, we've made. I, I said, no, wait, 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 wait. But so this is where I that. think is going to be a very difficult summer for them because not making top four is going to have an impact in the type of players they go for. It's also going to make it very difficult to negotiate when you're going for certain types of players that are very similar to other teams around you. Like I've mentioned before, your Tottenham's and, 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 and all those sort of teams. They're going to be... I mean, even that Marquinhos, that winger that we've tried to bring in, apparently Wolves already signed him before we did and they've been trying to bring him in. For example, that's just one example. But what I'm saying is this... At the end of the day, we're going to have a few other issues as well that I think people should be looking out for. This Saliba thing, I don't think is over yet. I think oh, he's going no. to insist he wants to stay at Marseille. And we've kind of, that's kind of our fault so. in a way because we've let him out there. He's excelled over there. They've excelled. He's got Champions League football now. And we've been waiting for him to develop, but now he's waiting for us to catch up and get to Champions League football. So that's going to be an issue. You've got to be ruthless to bring him back as well. I think that's something to look for. I also think there's going to... I wouldn't be surprised, and mark my words, and I hope I'm wrong, I wouldn't even be surprised if you see Xhaka for another season. 
and we go of back in. Oh, you know? I don't think Xhaka's going anywhere, mate. Right. Yeah. So okay. So then Xhaka's <laughs> going to be staying. Partey yeah. is going to be staying. We've just yeah. signed Del Nenny. Watch this space and see if we get another centre centre midfielder that well, we've been trying out. Don't be surprised. Yeah. Don't be surprised if we don't do it. I'm not no, confident Lev, with them. That's Lev, what's where I'm uh, going. With yeah, Lev. I wasn't criticizing the signings. Right, and when when I said earlier, I don't know why nobody's in for Basuma. It's I was surprised at why nobody has signed him. Okay, mm. it was not that. Oh, why nobody? You know, why is just us? No, it wasn't like this at all. When for in in case of Tomiyasu, Ramsdale, even Odegaard, I said the players that we signed, there was no competition. It, it was more or less some either was either release clause or they went in there negotiated a deal. It was not, you know, shrewd business and bring them in, you know, like Daniel Levy type of business, right? I'm saying this summer, um, I want them to be shrewd when it comes to selling or buying. If you want a player, just go out there, pay the money and get the guy in. I, I, what early. I struggle with is that you're saying like these players, Erdogan's been great for us this season. Ramsdale's yes, been great for us yes. this season. Like, I, I don't care if, if, if no one else is going for I don't want us to sign a player because loads of people are after him. You know, loads of people have been yeah, after loads of players that, that have crashed and burned. Like, it I doesn't make yeah. them good. No, no, like, I want to see players that are that. fitting right to this team. That's I didn't say go. I, I didn't say go for after players that everybody is in for as no, well. No, but you're using I, that as a criticism of. No, I, no, no. I, this was those mm, signs. This, I the think you are. That I Tom, no, can I ask you? This was those signs. I said. This was not like shrewd type of business. I don't know if I explained it well or not. But Ramsdale, what I'm I saying is really shrewd. I think Ramsdale's uh, a shrewd bit of business. All right, Tom, do you think uh, I'm 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 curious here because some people in the chats are saying we're being negative. And listen, I, at the I'm end not of the day, the chat actually I, I just nice. I just want my team to, I just want my team to do <laughs> well. If Arteta proves us go. wrong, then he proves us wrong. If, you yeah, know, that. if the if the Eddie thing's right, then I hope it is. But I'm just saying I don't think the Eddie thing's right. But what I'd like to ask you, Tom, he, are you are you confident we're going to go out and get the right type of people this season? And and uh, do you um, think we should be going in with the likes of Xhaka still next season? I I'm the most confident I've been in about five years, um, that maybe even ten years that we'll go out and do well in the market. Yeah, so it depends what you define as confident. Do what's, I think that we'll go out and sign six or seven players this summer? If I was a better man, I wouldn't put any money on that. Um, just because of what. Say again. What's doing well? What would you say they've done well? What What would you need to see? What is a, what a successful transfer window? Yeah, yeah. In your view, that you say uh, a successful transfer window to me well. is uh, two forwards, uh, arguably two mid midfielders, but I think we'll probably only get one. Uh, a versatile fullback, a goalkeeper, and maybe a centre back. For me, a successful window is ensuring that the squad is in a significantly better place than when we ended last season. You know, that to me shows that we've had a successful window. If we've improved the different areas of the team that needed to be improved, that makes it a successful window for me. And that it's ultimately for me that it's done this year before the season starts. I think that's also a factor in how successful your window is, is when you complete your business. So that's that's what would make me, you know, more confident about it, uh, about this window. I mean, if you... <laughs> The reason why I think Ramsdale was a shrewd signing is because, I mean, you if we went back in and... I mean, if I went back and watched the Arsenal Lounge video reacting to our first links to Ramsdale, what do you think you were saying back then? I know what I was saying. Because I, I was saying we looked into his stats and his figures and he was clearly being bought in because of, of his capabilities on the ball. 
and his distribution. Mm. Um, also, his shot-stopping capabilities. So I, I was actually quite open to, to the Ramsdale one. I, I was, you know, I was surprised think, we were willing to pay it. I but think I was the only issue we had with this at the time was the fee. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and I'll be very honest with you. I, I think... I think a lot of people maybe thought this as well. I, I genuinely yeah. thought he's going to come A lot of in. people did. No, That's no. why I think it's shrewd because I think no, no, it proved I, so many people wrong. No, no. I said, I, there's, a lot of pe- there's a lot of people who thought he's going to come in as number two. I, I think there's a lot of people gonna... who thought he was going to be awful as well. You know, yeah, the amount yeah. of abuse I, he got. I, like, I, you didn't know. See, I didn't see him coming in and keeping Leno out all throughout the season. Mm. I thought, you know, and I, and I remember us saying this, saying, oh, He's Leno's replacement. So Dagan, they've signed him yeah. to come in this season, and you know they're gonna, you know, make sure they nurture him and all of this. Leno will be off in the summer. No, I, Leno. We said I was saying that thirty million doesn't sound like a backup goalkeeper. Yeah, for Arsenal. yeah I remember. I couldn't see Arsenal paying thirty million and having someone as a number two. No, yeah. I, I said he was being bought in. To, to rival him and challenge him straight away. Do I think he, did I expect him to take over so quickly? No, I didn't. And look, that's a good thing. I hope I hope the same thing happens with Eddie. But personally, the I was confident with our transfer window prior to January, but our lack of ambition in January has put more doubt into my mind Lev, for the summer window. How much do you think Ramsdale is worth now? Probably worth what we paid for him now. Oh no! It's early days, isn't it? It's early days, think? really. What? 40? No, no. But how much you think is, is if, if somebody if somebody came in for Ramsdale now? What? what yeah, would I think you you'd think? have to be paying at least forty for him. Forty, fifty mil. Forty. No. You got to take into account no, long term contracts, well. homegrown. Yeah. Had a successful yeah, Premier League uh, season, twelve clean sheets. You know, I think that's you know you're looking at 40, 50 mil. He started the season on fire. Yeah, I think he did north of forty five. I would say mm. north of and and this is what I'm talking about with the improvement he's... in the way we're doing business. You know, we're buying players that are then increased. Erdegaard's worth way more than what we bought him for now. You know, the only players that aren't are the ones like Ben White. You know, because we paid a big fee for him. You know, he's Tom, still someone that's got to prove that price tag. How much did we season. buy? How much we bought Odegaard for? What thirty? Odegaard was twenty eight, thirty around the 30. figure. So who do we see going out then? I mean, <laughs> I know the what t- he's doing. <laughs> do, you t- do you see us, for example, selling likes of Tierney? There's, there's those rumours. No, going I on. don't think we'll sell Tierney. No, I think t- I think Arteta likes him too much to sell him. Um, I yeah, think we'll Tom, invest in a possible better left back competitor. Tom, than you say this right, but I like Tierney as well. But you either need to sell him and get some mm. money. If someone came or- with fifty million pounds, I'd be very tempted. Very, yeah. very or tempted. you need to sign a very, very able second left back because you mm-hmm. know throughout the season, it's the same the same applies to Thomas Partey, you know throughout the season they will have injury spells. Mm. And you, you said that on Monday night shows over at Arsenal Lounge with Mo. Um, you said if Thomas Partey and Kirantini were not injured, Arsenal might have finished in top four. I think I would have done, yeah. Yeah, and well, that, that's that's what you said. That's your opinion, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think, you know, had they got injured and we had uh, an able replacement like maybe mm-hmm. Bruno Gomez or something, you've had we yeah, bought yeah. that on, on summer. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. on, on January. January, yeah. Things would have been different. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I said that you know, that as we all did on that show on deadline day, that we gambled our season. You know, we all said that. You know, me, you, Mo, yeah, all said that. So. It, it that's the frustration for me. 
The fullback positions, though, losing Tommy Asu for as long as we did and losing Fatini at such a crucial time of the season for as long as we did, you know, I put that as the primary reason as to why our season didn't end up the way we wanted it to. Yeah. But January is certainly, you know, one of the other factors as to why that we could have solved it ourselves yeah. if we'd have made I mean, that Bruno Gimarash. I mean, because Bruno wouldn't have scored against us for Newcastle. No, you know? no, he wouldn't have. <laughs> and he would have made our midfield more solid. I, Absolutely. I somebody, yeah. so, some uh, Portuguese team, I think, I can't remember the name, but they, they've come in for Cedric, apparently, they've made. Porto apparently have made a four or five million euro bid. Yeah, I would, I would, no, I would have no problem. Yeah, neither would I. That. No neither problem would at I. all because I don't think Cedric is the answer. You know, I remember Newcastle and Tottenham games. Both of the, when we were doing a preview for the games on both games, I said the only things that worry me is Cedric on the right hand side. Cedric mm. against Son. Cedric against uh, just Cedric. The, the <laughs> No, no, it was the main thing that was worried. The rest was issues. And interestingly enough, if you if you notice, he did not start both games. Yeah, uh, at the end of the day, Cedric's not good enough to be our backup yeah, right yeah, back. You exactly. Know. He's he's but good for like Cedric. one or two games, but not for a sustained period of time, which he could be because Tommy Asu's fitness is questionable. Yeah, we could a, argue they got the full back the covers. They got the fullback cover wrong at this stage because Tavares wasn't um, uh, it wasn't good enough as covered. Although I do think there's a player in there. I've said it a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and Tom, Cedric was a good enough cover either, wasn't he? Yeah, I want to ask Tom something because you, you you guys go to, to, to some of these post match press conferences. That you remember when he took him off at half time, Tavares? Mm -hmm. What was the reason? Was uh, did he ever come out and say why? He took yeah, him he off? said it was tactical. It was shit, basically. <laughs> Well, he said it was tactical. And I mean, that did you watch Nuno Tavares' interview the other day? He did an interview. Um, yeah. He was on a podcast the other day. I think it's, is it the Counterattack HQ or something like that? He said that, you know, in that moment that he obviously didn't like it, as any player wouldn't, but he understood it. He said himself he was bad. You know, he admitted that he had an awful game, a terrible game. But he came back from it. I mean, it's not like at the time. We, I remember we were doing shows at the time saying Arteta's ruined his confidence. He's ended his career. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Tavares came back and played games. You know, he put faith yeah. in him still. He could have continued with Xhaka at left back if he or put Saka at left back if he wanted to. But he kept playing him, you know. So, I, I, look, Arteta's made mistakes with players. There's no shadow of a doubt about that, you know. There's, there's few managers out there that don't make mistakes, um, as, as we know. So, even the biggest and best do. But it's about making sure that we... Yeah. next season you know are prepared in the right way. Yeah. Can I say something before you go on question time? Mm. It's not re relevant to the topic, but I was watching... Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to take this totally somewhere different. No, no. Is I, that all I, was right? gonna, yeah. I was actually going to talk to you guys about this, but I was watching the playoff, Forrest, and um, mm. how how poor are the referees in this country, man? Oh, they need so to... Bad, that's, they need to do something about this for next season as well. well that's apparently they the are. Things. That they right. need because that uh, those two penalty shouts, right? Mm. One of them was the second one was more of a penalty than the first one. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say the first checked. one was a penalty as well. well. Even the Champions League, even the Champions League offside ruling, I, I was, <sighs> yeah, I just, I don't know if they're just making it up anymore. Because in my days playing football, it wasn't that long ago. That's offside. You got, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, he's on, he's on side. He's played him on side. Van Dyke's there. The other players there. Benzema yeah. scored. The referee. Referee VAR today was Paul Tierney, no surprise yeah, there. Yeah. But that, like in a game like this, those two penalty decisions, right, would have changed the game completely, and another team would have been celebrating being in the Premier League now, possibly. 
and you know how much money we're talking about and the future of the club, all so many different things. But I just hope that the FA will do something with referee standards next season. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm very happy that Forest went up, to be honest, because I was hoping Forest would win that game because I lived there for three years and, you know, they've waited yeah. a long, long, long time. You to know what? That's, that's one of the grounds that normally we don't do well at. No, we <laughs> don't. I won't be looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to a way day. It's good night out in Nottingham as well. It's good oh, night out. Nottingham is a... Great night. Out. Starting off with Hooters. It's great. Love Hooters. <laughs> well, no, you're a little bit older than me, though. No, um, no, no. no. He's, 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 <laughs> this is what you know. No, I don't go Hooters, no. What is I've, Hooters? No, I've been to that Hooters with, with my missus, actually, because... Oh, oh, you're so... Story time. Oh, you're so um, open-minded. No, they're... George's family are big Charlton fans, um, and Charlton obviously played Forest. And so when I was when I was uni there, when I was at uni in Nottingham, they all came up for the game, and I was like, "Where are you going for the pre-match drinks?" And obviously, yeah, they're going to it. So what is Hooters? I don't know what Hooters just the normal sports. It's just a normal sports bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know what these things are. So unbelievable. There's a few perks in there. That's all you need to know. Unbelievable. Uh, let's go to Tebow. Let's go to the questions. Uh, Lev, would you have signed Perisic, who is, of course, be signing for Spurs? Oh, what? We were we were linked with him quite mm. a few times. Thirty-three-year-old last... winger. He was old. He was old for us three years ago. No, no, because no, I wouldn't. Because it would be it's shades of uh, the Willian signing for me. Thirty-three years old. This is the Premier League. You're coming from Italian league to to British league. It's fast. Everyone's fast. All the fullbacks are quick. It's physically demanding. No, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a very Conte style signing. You know, it's one of those where he signs a lot of aged players and then leaves them a year later to deal with all of those players. He can carry on doing that. That's fine. Mm. Uh, Jay the One says, uh, "What part of the reason, or what part of the season, are you most looking forward to seeing on the All or Nothing documentary, Shaheen?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's so many. Yeah. What'd you say? The thing. Yeah, but I if, think it's it's that, they, that. and the January they, window is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yes. if they they show any of us because it. they they have a right to censor Arsenal, and mm-hmm. and I think they will they will make, especially with how they are, I think they will make that documentary in a way that the club will look good. The the club will come out of this looking well. And I think that's how they will they will central mm. and people who to be who, fair, Man City and Spurs both came out looking well after this. It's like Spurs got I think finished sixth and got Europa League. Uh, and they came out from that, you know, they would they made it made look Spurs yeah. look They're very not, good. You know, Arsenal are generally a private club. They they've always mm. been. So I don't really see them airing their dirty laundry on on that show. No. No, I agree. Sadly, sadly. <laughs> Uh, Mohamed says, uh, Lev, are you confident Arsenal will get top four? And if not, do you then think that Arteta should stay or not? That's a really good question. See, um, that's like a two, twofold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shaheen's. That's Shaheen's fake profile. Um, listen, I've already said that we shouldn't have extended his contract. I would have given him another year to see how it goes this season, uh, you know, new season. Um, I'm not confident at this stage that we would get top four. The only thing I can see that could get us top four is that we're further developed as a team than others around us, perhaps. Maybe our progress as a team is a bit further down the line than some of the others who have to go out and sign new players in abundance. 
So that's the only thing I could see. If we ad address the issues in the transfer window, it could happen. Am I 100% confident? No, I think it's going to be tougher than next season. If he doesn't make top four, I've already said he should go if he doesn't make top four. This club has got the players. We were only a couple of points off making top four this season. I think a more experienced manager still would have got us top four. Fair enough. Uh, let's go to Peter, who says, Shane, do you respect Arteta's interview lies because they protect the team? Or do you think the fans deserve more honesty? I did ask for some clarification on what he meant by lies. And he replied by saying, uh, using the example of the tactics uh, for Nuno Tavares' substitution. Do you want more honesty? Or do you, you know, respect the idea that they come out and say certain things to protect the players? Um. It's a very Guardiola well, thing to do. No, look, Granit Xhaka came out after Newcastle game and I thought he was... He, he, he said a few things that was probably honest and people went in hard on him. Oh, you shouldn't have said that, this, that. I, I don't know if he was... Had Saka, I don't know, came out and said that. I'm sure most of those people would not have said the same thing just because it was Xhaka, everybody. Oh, da, 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 da. But it's always, you know, it's always... we all, As fans, we always want honesty. We want to see... Like the, the Aubameyang thing, right? You know, I wish they came out and said, listen, one, two, three, that's why he went in. Masut Ozil, one, two, three, that's why he's gone. It's never, you know, these managers and press conferences, you never take them mm. as it is. There's always more. Mm, never. Yeah. No, I think if you're judging any coach off what they say in a press conference, you know, it's... You can't you can't make an accurate judgment on a coach on the press conferences, really, um, because they 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 won't give you the full truth or any of it. I mean, Arteta has become a lot more media savvy during his time. That's one of the things he has improved in from a managerial point of view. Is that you know he's very deflective. He doesn't give anything away. He doesn't like talking about certain topics, especially transfers. He has kind of staple answers. Um, you know, when you're in those press conferences, he's very. I've I've found him, you know, with respect, a little too rude at times in in press conferences, and I, you I know, I prefer, just no, just the way in which he responds. Like some of the reporters will be like saying, like, you know, how are you, Arteta? You know, you know, being polite, and he he's he's very kind of brash in some of the responses, and I'd like him to be a bit more warm in those press conferences than I think. I think he tries with. really hard to be like Pep Guardiola. Maybe oh, I think Pep's a bit warmer in with Pep, is, Pep way, can be warmer. Way, like, have you, have you seen it Pep can also Pep's... be very cold when they lose as well, Pep. Does, yeah, have you like... seen Pep's press conferences or after game where he comes in as as, as if yeah. he's just he's like, are you he's happy? It's like more than you know. <laughs> he's on the rush. More than like, you know, I'm happy. Ask the question, and he, he he's, he's like quickly, quickly, quickly. You know, ask this. I want to go. I want to go. And I just think Arteta sometimes does this. He's coming here yeah, like quickly ask. I want to go. I want to. Like, but that's Pep Guardiola. I mean, you be yourself. You don't need to be. Mm. Yeah, I'd like Arteta to be warmer. That's just my. It's just a small criticism. It's not something. Have you actually you know, gone like, to? Oh, have you actually sat on one in of the, the Zoom ones? You know, there's on the Zoom oh, right. course. Kaya or one of my colleagues goes to the goes to London. It's sometimes to London County. Sometimes it's Hayland. Sometimes, I'm oh, sorry, uh, or the Emirates. It depends. It changes, but it's quite a long trip round. If I was to go, so but yeah, the Zoom ones I'm in for. So when they're, when they're like, we're going to say goodbye to our friends on Zoom. That's me dipping out of the <laughs> press conference. So yeah, but uh, there's like two sections to the press conference usually so but the only the first part goes out initially and then the second part goes out like late on in the evening um let's go to cat soros or saros who says would you take ben foster as a number two 
<laughs> it's just a yes or no for that one. Anyone? Do you want to see it on YouTube? No. Do you want to see Arsenal no. on YouTube at all? <laughs> the no. perks that come with Ben Foster? No, I agree with you. No. Uh, Lynn's asking the question, though. Uh, do you think, Lev, that Man United should be in the Europa League 11 points behind us, or do you think they should have been in the Conference League this season? Well, I mean, uh, look, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that they're behind us anyway. But, I mean, Conference League... I don't mind. Conference League would have been better for him, I guess, but I'm not really too fussed about Man United. Mm. Well, yeah. You should be because in Europa League they could be we could meet at later stages. Mm. Oh, oh, really? So I should I'll be West worried. West Ham really blew that. it on the last day. You know, West Ham should have beat Brighton and they would have been United would have been in the conference league. So yeah. uh... listen, we've got <laughs> enough problems of our own to be worrying about Man United and where they are right now, to be honest. I love this with Patrick. He's very shouty. Arteta is warm. Like, very passionate. Well, wait, wait. It's the choice of words that he decides to go warm on. Like, Arteta is warm. He's really warm. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> Um, sh- let's go to Danny's asking who is even in the Europa League. It's a good question. I mean, I've not really looked across the leagues to see who's going to be in the Europa League. Looking at Liga, uh, it's going to be from the looks of things, Rennes and Nice are going to be the two teams from France. The Bundesliga, I think Union Berlin might be in it this season. I mean, in terms of how many teams are actually decent, there isn't. It's one where you're looking at the teams that are going to drop down from the, the Champions Champion League. League. Berlin and Freiburg are the two Bundesliga teams. La Liga table, uh, we've got Real Betis, which would be Hector Bellerin, and Real Sociedad are the two teams from there. What about Villarreal? Uh, no, Villarreal in the Conference League next season. Uh, Serie A table. Uh, Villarreal have been very poor domestically. Like they're, just, they're good in cup competitions, but... Yeah, as they've got Emery. Uh, and Serie A, Lazio and Jose Mourinho's Roma, of course, who won the Conference League as well. So they'll be in it that's, this season. That's an interesting but one. Roma. What's interesting, and the, I don't know if you know about the rule change to the to the Europa League that will affect us now, is that oh, if God. you finish top of your group, you go straight into the last 16. There's no last 30, 32 if you finish top of the really? table. Yeah, so this comes second then. <laughs> So what happens is, is the teams that come second will pair off against one another and the teams that drop from the Champions League. So the teams that drop from the Champions League have to pay an extra round of fixtures before they go into the last 16. So it's it's another incentive to make sure we finish top of the table because we will have a break. But also they're doing the group stage over eight weeks this season instead of 12 because of the World Cup. So it literally will be midweek game nearly every single week leading up to the World how's Cup. That, Tom, can I ask you something? Do you know how is that going to work in, in terms of Premier League fixtures? Yeah, so the Premier League ends on, I want to say, the weekend of the 10th, 11th, 12th of November. Then the World Cup starts on the 21st. Uh, and then Premier League football gets back underway on Boxing Day. And then so, yeah. what's going to happen to these fixtures? Uh, is it going to so, be like when the coronavirus thing was where they were just they would just add midweek fixtures, more midweek fixtures to catch up? I imagine or... they'll probably be in the second half of the season, but they're also they've made the season start a week earlier, and I think the season's ending a week or two later as well. Right. Okay. So yeah, but there's going to be yeah Boxing Day onwards. In the desert. Gonna <laughs> it's going to be hectic. Um, it's going to be a really weird, weird season. Are you looking weird. forward to Iran and England game? Yeah, I'm very honest. I think us and the United States will go through. Um, yeah, I don't uh, think I, I think it will be Iran and UK that will, that will go through. You want I don't to wager on that with Tom. Yeah, 
I did. I've always said that all that group is missing is Israel, Iran, Israel, US, UK would have been a party. But party's a word. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I think I think Iran. I think Iran will beat US. And the uh, hey, listen, it also depends. I think on you're the underestimating the US, to be honest. No, yeah. we'll, we'll beat them. Then they got nothing, man. <laughs> nothing. Wait, wait, listen, you become an expert on American football, just like no, as they've in got listen. Soccer just, in look, America, I, I give me the players. MLS. Listen, we've got we've got a couple of really good forwards. One of them plays for Porto, Champions League football. He scored goal of the season in Champions League last season, overhead yeah. kick against Chelsea. So um, we've got good players, man. Right, let me uh, just uh, on this. You know, the United States' team is okay, you've please, got Christian Pulisic, stop. you've got Tyler okay, Adams, Eunice Musa, you've got uh, obviously the, the two goalkeepers, one of them being our Zach Steffen and um, and Matt Turner, that one, which is our one. You know, Robinson at left back's very good. Uh, Timothy, Timothy Weyer, I think, is the guy. At, um, I want to say Lille. Uh, I think he's at Lille. You know, the US are. I've got a lot of players. Uh, McKenny. Um, can you do the same with the Iranian team, Tom? Yeah. I can can name, you pronounce the names? No. Sada uh, Azmoun, the striker. You know, I actually don't rate him that much. The other one is called Taremi, who plays for the Porto. He's Taremi, really yeah, good. He's, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's Who's good. Who's the winger? Who's there's a winger? Uh, the guy who played for Brighton. He's now in. Uh, Jahanbash, uh, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. He was he was the top scorer in Dutch league. You laughing at my pronunciation there, Lev? I don't know. No, he was, he was actually hand. very good. He was actually yeah. very good, Tom. Um, and then you, he mate. came over. But Iranian players, in in historically, they've all flopped in in Premier League. But in Europe, they 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 do well. So well, I think we'll we'll, I think we'll beat US. I think is the last the last team as well is uh, maybe it's Wales or maybe it's Scotland. Wales, Scotland, oh. yeah, or Ukraine. Ukraine. Defense, yeah. There's there's always been these sort of freak. Sort of results in the World Cup that you wouldn't expect. It's not a freak know. result, man. We'll beat. I don't. I don't really. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, I don't. Listen, there is nothing freak about us. I was, I was trying US, to back man. you up, man. No, all right, all right, no there's right, nothing. Right. And remember, listen, we're more suited to play in that climate than those boys. So True we will deal with the yeah, no, All right, yeah, they are used to is... playing more in the desert. You're right. So yeah, is, no, can just, you can I... you kick level out of this chat, please? <laughs> yeah, I love that you don't I have the control. Do I don't have the mouse with me. I don't have any control of this. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Um, really appreciate your time in the chat box. Make sure to drop a like on the video. You may have agreed. You may have disagreed with some of the things that have been said. That's the whole point of why we have conversations. It's not about being positive or negative. It's about being, you know, praising and critical when you need to be. And I think we've done that this evening. Lev, thank you so much. Appreciate your time, my friend. No, respect. It was, it was great to be here and, uh, you know, see a different side of things and see what he's been saying in your chat groups. And it's been interesting. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Shaheen, thank you so much. Really appreciate your My time. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's always nice coming over. It was nice um, talking to you guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's always pleasure speaking to Tom. There's a script I think there gonna... for you, Shaheen, as well. Gonna... Have you subscribed to the There's a script there that Tom. Yeah, thank you, you, Tom. Much appreciated. And um, <laughs> Can I you think read we're going to do something... <laughs> Um, hopefully on Wednesday over an Arsenal lounge, we're going to do a, a really big show and, um, hope, hopefully Tom will be able what to join time us. is that? Because I've got a big show at six, just FYI. <laughs> what time you finish? Uh, probably about 7.30, I think. Well, we're thinking about 7.30, 8 o'clock anyway, so. Okay. No, there's nothing because like we're really online now. 
Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, we hope. Hopefully, we'll do something over on Arsenal Lounge Wednesday evening, and um, we'll have Tom over. And if you guys fancy a, a watch, come. It, it's going to be more or less player rating, rating the season, rating the manager, and just season. Hopefully, more will be back for that one. Tom will be there. There's a couple of other names that Lev is speaking to. We can get on that show. Sounds. Lovely stuff. Link to the Arsenal Lounge is in the video descriptions. And of course, you can click on the title of the video as well, which is something Shaheen needs to learn how to do. And uh, it will take you straight to the channel. Lovely stuff. Um, you can drop a like on the video, of course. It really does help us out. We've had yes, you know, well over a thousand of you turning in this evening. So really appreciate the support as always. How many likes you got, Tom? Uh, that's a good question. Let's have a quick check. We've got 196. Are we how many people you had? Over a thousand throughout oh, the show. So, uh, come on, that's not even. Come on, come on, give us a few. Sort it out, guys. Come, sort it out. Come on. It's, come it's on. the like. It doesn't cost any money. Hit the like. Cheapskates, freeloaders. Subscribe. Make. You can see why I get them on, can't you, people? <laughs> Please, can you can you leave? Listen, can you leave your predictions for us for that group, Iran, US, and? Uh, I'm just gonna dip out. Shane's gonna take. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, can you leave your predictions for us on the comments in, the, in UK, US, Iran, and another thing? I think Iran and UK will go through to the next round. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what people think. Mm. Wait, wait, if Iran goes through, I want I want to hear you sing the national anthem, Shaheen. That's it, done, finished. But you think you're funny, Lev? What's huh? happened to the night out that you're going to take us when you lost the prediction table, Tom? Can you sort this out, please? What's the caring? No, anyway, can we go, Tom? I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> oh, is it can now? Can we go it? now? Can we go now? Goodness oh, me. Goodness me. It's one for off the air. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, people. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do drop a like on the video, you freeloaders, as Shane would say, and Lev. So thank you so much, guys, for adding to the vocabulary there. Um, but we'll see you again tomorrow morning, of course, for the 8am show. And we've got more stuff for you planned next week. And of course, click the link in the description to go to the Arsenal Lounge. We'll see you again very, very soon, guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.